Are there any mothers in the house? Can you raise your hand if you're a mom? Are there any spiritual moms in the house? Just raise your hand. I have a word for you this morning that God is restoring moms today. And that he is sending your prodigal sons and daughters back to you. It's your responsibility, moms, to let Holy Spirit come and to fill you up and to prepare you for that homecoming. Because when they return with their stuff and in their condition, you don't want to give them your brokenness back. You want to be ready so that when they come over the horizon and you're watching for them and you run out and greet them, you, get, you give them all of God's Holy Spirit goodness, not your brokenness. So moms, would you just believe for that today? And I just want to pray for you that God's going to prepare you to receive your prodigal children home. Father, right now in the name of Jesus and those of you who are listening or watching, join in. If this is you, mom, believe with us. Put your heart out and trust for God to do the miracle. God, we just agree with the moms of the house today that you are restoring them in Jesus' name. And that means, God, for every mom's heart, it always means that their children come home. And God, we cry out and we say, bring them home and bring our mothers to fullness and to maturity and to health so that when the sons and daughters come over the horizon, they will give them a healthy love, a whole heart, true affection, that they will lay down their brokenness. They will lay, lay down their character defects. They will lay down the old self and put on the new and love their sons and daughters with a pure heart, a free heart, unconditionally loving them. And we ask for that miracle, God, in this house and for all those who are believing with us. In Jesus' name, amen. You agree with me? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Today is a day of preparing. You may be seated. Today is a day of preparing your heart to receive and to be made whole with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, worship team. Amen. Holy Spirit is so mysterious and yet so well laid out in the scriptures. So today we want to go deeper in the word of God and discover more about him. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter 5. In the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 5. We're learning in youth and junior high to practice using our Bibles. So if you have your Bible, junior high youth, there we go. Haley's ready. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 5. I learned a, uh, when I was in Sunday school, I learned a, a cheat to remember which books were in which order for the new part of the New Testament. For Galatians on is God's Electric Power Company. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Okay, that was not just me. That helps me remember what order they're in. God's Electric Power Company. All right, Ephesians chapter 15. 
sorry, chapter 5, verse 15. There's not 15 chapters in Ephesians. 15 through 20 is the verse. All right, so if you have your paper Bible, you'll have your electric Bible. They're all really good, so open them up. Here we go. Verse 15, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to drunkenness. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, Father, I pray that you would uh, come by your Holy Spirit now and let your word be alive to us as a church. Help us to grow and to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and to encounter you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, how many know that sometimes... What seems like a gift at first is costly to maintain. Sometimes things come easy in life, and they're lots of fun, but they're difficult to maintain, and they're costly. We're going to break that down as we, as we go in farther today. See, this is in Hebrews chapter 11, 25 through 26. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. Esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to a reward. So Moses laid aside all of the treasures of Egypt for the treasure of Christ. You know, we can look for quick gain. We can look for things and go, wow, that feels so good. That looks good. We'd be so pleased. But by morning, we're already dissatisfied. Do you ever have a hunger in your soul for something more? There must be more. The Bible says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to drunkenness, but instead be filled with the Spirit. What seems like a gift at first can be costly to maintain over time. I know of a story that my, my wife tells uh, growing up on a farm across the bay here in Rednersville. There's a road called Spencer Road because it was a Spencer farm. And one day the county or whoever came and they said uh, to her grandfather, I believe, we would like to sell you this road so it becomes a private lane lay, w- laneway for one dollar. Well, that's kind of cool to have your own private street. You know, you have your houses on it, your farm and everything, and the county wanted to sell it for a dollar that day. But her grandfather wisely said no. Because a gift that comes easily at first can be costly to maintain. So who would have had to plow that road? Who would have had to grate the road? Irrigation. Have you ever seen the snow out there when the drifts are big? So that was decades ago. So for all those decades of care, concern, uh, development, maintenance, it's all been provided for just through paying land tax, right? Just through county work. But he could have bought it for a dollar, and he personally would have had to done all that work himself. And then his son, and then my wife, that generation, they would have personally been responsible 
for like, the road's like a mile long. I don't know how many kilometers that is, but it's a lot. 1.6, thank you, Adam. That's a lot of work. You know, a gift can come quickly, but it can be costly to maintain. And we look at the world, we see all kinds of beauty and sparkling things. We want it. I got to have that. And then we realize the cost was pretty high. See, God created you and me in his image. It says in Genesis chapter 1, you and I were made not by accident, not by some slimy ooze that fell out of a, a puddle somewhere and then somehow got in together with molecules and then you were a dolphin and then next generation you were this. And then, you know, think about, it doesn't make sense, does it? You were created in the image of God. So that means you have a God-sized hole right here and the father of all lights is wondering, can he fill it for you? Or are you going to choose a different God? Are you going to choose the affection of heaven? Or are you going to choose a false affection? It's called free will. What will we choose? Now, what are false affections? Unfortunately, I've been pretty good at those. False affections are things we think will satisfy us, but in the end, lead us away from God and give us cold hearts. I'm going to name a few, not in any particular order, and see if you identify with any of them in your lifetime. First one, drugs, alcohol, excess of food, excess of people, meaning codependency, greed, lust for people, sexual addictions, lust for money, lust for things, objects, stuff, anger that burns into rage, uh, unforgiveness, bitterness, blaming the past choices of others for your current attitude today. Have you ever been angry about what someone else did in the past, so today you're like no fun to be with? You're blaming the past according to what you're trying to do today. If you would forgive that person from the past, unlock the key, come over, you can be happy today no matter what they did to you in the past. But a lot of us, we kind of feel justified in our anger and our bitterness, and we're like, no, I'm, I'm holding on to that. That person hurt me. And if I remember that hurt, then I can be angry at them and punish them with my anger. And the whole time you're punishing yourself, you're punishing your family, you're punishing your connection to God because you would rather hold on to that than the freedom and forgiveness. Those are false affections. Some other false affections are trying to do more good things so that God or other people will like you. They don't actually work. How about adrenaline junkies? You know, adrenaline's amazing. And some people fill their life so full of adrenaline that they think that will satisfy them. But how long does adrenaline last? It's a short-lived thing. Entertainment is another false affection. We think it will satisfy us, but how many of you have tried entertainment and found out it's left you wanting? Now, some of these things in and of themselves are not bad, so I'm not trying to pass judgment specifically on you. We all have areas that we have excess or not enough in, and we think that they are going to satisfy us. We think that if we're good enough, or if we have enough, or if we have a little bit more, then we'll finally be content, we'll finally be happy, we'll finally arrive. That's a lie from hell. There's only one simple satisfaction area in our lives. There's only one person that can give us our dreams. 
and his name is Jesus Christ. You have to choose to set aside all the sparkle and all, how many know that there's a lot of stuff that doesn't sparkle that we're attracted to? And set aside all of it and have a radical faith and say, I'm just going to try Jesus. I'm going to test him out. I'm going to put away all that other stuff and try, and try Jesus Christ. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to drunkenness. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. See, we, that, this verse is talking about drunkenness, but what if we took a character de- defect in your life and put it inside that word and, and take drunkenness out? Maybe alcohol and overdrinking is not a problem for you, so put something else in there. Maybe you work out too much because you think, well, if I just work out a little bit more or my body image and things. And See, we can do anything to excess, and it's not healthy. What would you put in that word? Take drunkenness out and put in your challenges. See, the, the word says, instead or but, be filled with the Holy Spirit. So you see how they're, they're coming at a different uh, angle here. The first part of the sentence talks about do not get drunk or do not overeat or do not be angry or do not be slothful or do not be lustful or do not have greed. But, or instead, or rather, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, you think of wine, you think of filling, right? You think of drinking. But what's interesting, when we get to the word filled with the Spirit, it doesn't mean like filled like a whole. It doesn't mean like fill a cup. So why did they use that English word, filled? I just look at myself in the camera there. And uh, I forgot I had a story for you. On Friday, I went to Starbucks. And uh, it was sunny. It was beautiful. I said, I'm going to Starbucks, and I'm sitting on that patio for the first time in the whole year. And I got my computer, my Bible. I'm going to read. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to seek God. I'm going to write my message. And before, I, I got some nice uh, coconut oil on my scalp because, you know, it's good for the skin. I don't think you should do that before going out in the sun. <laughs> I got out there for two and a half hours in the direct sun with the coconut oil. And I, I felt my scalp kind of itchy. And, I, and then it was bright red the next day. So when you go to Starbucks, if you're bald, do not wear coconut oil before you go out. Wear sunscreen or hat. Anything to cover your head. I wanted to share that story with you. And the thing is, I didn't even want to go to Starbucks. I'm telling you the truth. I was... uh, No, let me tell the story. I didn't want to go to Starbucks because I was like, well, I'm tired. I got to write my message. I'm going to go home because no one was home that day. They were all gone at school or whatever. So Spencer's gone. I'm just going to have my own house. And so, but I felt God say, no, go to Starbucks, pack your stuff. So I got my Bible, my computer. I said, okay, God, I'll go. And I got there and I sat down and then it was amazing. And I didn't even think about my head yet. So I was just enjoying it. But the cool part was that uh, two young men that worked there or have worked there, they just started to come out. We just started talking. And we just talk, started talking about Jesus. And we started talking about the word. And we started talking about life. And we started talking about men following God and following Jesus. And we just sat there for a couple hours of just fellowship and prayer and talking about the word. And, 
and even this message. And I was asking questions, and the one guy said, it's funny, I wasn't going to come here either, but I had this strong sense that I was supposed to come to Starbucks. And we met on the patio, and we hadn't talked for months, and we just talked about the Lord, and we, and we just encouraged each other back and forth. And we learned, how many know that after COVID and through COVID, we've learned the power of connection and having healthy relationships? During COVID, did you learn that doing life by yourself actually doesn't work? Did even the introverts admit that you can't do life alone during COVID? We have learned and we are reinforcing that relationships and healthy relationships are key to healthy life and to be fulfilled and completed in Christ. But that's my last point. So now that we got through those Starbucks stories, we'll go back. So I was telling you that that word filled is not like drinking a cup of coffee at Starbucks. That word filled does not mean that. It means to fulfill. In other words, if you had 10 numbers, how yeah, if you have 10 numbers, how many digits do you need to have a perfect whole? You need 10, right? 10 out of 10. Is 9 out of 10 full? Is 7 out of 10? So Holy Spirit wants to come to your life and make you a 10 out of 10. So it's not like a liquid thing of filling you up this way. It's a maturity thing of becoming a whole, healthy, happy, mature, wise, full of the will of God, full of knowledge person. That's what he wants for you. And when does he want it? Does he want it yesterday? He wants it today, now. That's a present tense verb, be filled. What it, in present tense meaning today. So tomorrow, guess what? When you pray, you're lining up for wisdom, for maturity, for fulfillment, for full of God's purpose, but it's a daily thing. If we think it's a Sunday thing, my wife was reminding me, if we think this worship and Sunday thing is only for church, we're missing out on the kingdom of God. God's kingdom isn't just for today, it's all days. God is making this world his kingdom, and he wants to use you. He's looking for you to be an ambassador of his kingdom on earth. But to do that, we need to align ourselves once a day or twice a day or three times a day and say, Father, I trust your Holy Spirit to complete me today. I will not look for false affections. I will look to put my affections and set them on Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit, make me whole. You might have to pray that at your lunch hour. You might have to pray that when you, on your way home. How many know for parents that are working, your real day pretty much starts when you come home? And your kids are like, boom, right on you. They're just looking for you to show them God's affection and love and acceptance and belonging. Well, you got to pray that in the, in, when you're out in your car before you go in the door. And I know that stay-at-home parents have been praying all day already. That was supposed to be funny. I know stay-at-home parents have been praying all day. Okay, yeah, you're right. It wasn't that funny. It, it is true, though. It's a true, it's important to pray. Prayer fills us 
with, the, with God's presence. So how do we step into this fullness? How do we step into this fulfillment? Because God wants you to be an answer and solution. You know in our saying, belong, believe. The third one is become. So to become, you have to be fulfilled. When you step across a threshold into areas of influence, you have to be fulfilled with God's presence, God's word. And I love this practical way. It says, pray in the spirit and pray with understanding. We're going to get into this when we go deeper into the Holy Spirit with 1 Corinthians. But God wants you to pray in the spirit and pray with understanding. Praying with understanding means praying in like your mother tongue. Praying in the spirit means praying in tongues. God wants you to do both a lot. It, it matures you. It fills you. It, it, it prepares you for what's coming. It also says sing in the spirit. And sing with understanding. You know, something so practical. When I get together with different friends, like uh, when Adam and I get together for a coffee or a lunch or something, he's so faithful. He says, you know, we pray for a meal. He says, and God, help our conversation to honor you in all that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you know what? That kind of sets the tone. I'm not going to say some coarse joke now that Adam's prayed that. I wouldn't anyways, but I wouldn't even skirt over there because now he's like brought God into the lunch. God's here. And here's what I'm trying to say. You guys can be a thermostat like Adam or a thermometer and kind of just say, well, this is good, this is bad, this is hot, this is cold. But a thermostat sets the temperature. So when you come into a room, set the temperature, set the God temperature. Now, not in all the time can you use all those Christian words. Sometimes you've got to show by example in other words, which brings me to a great point. I want to celebrate with my brother uh, Jamie over there, Jamie Mason. He's a new dad. But uh, we were working on a, a subcommittee in the district to help parents support their children for Hastings County uh, to help their uh, children overcome difficulties and challenges coming out of COVID and to find success on the other side of COVID. From inspiration, some challenge. And Jamie's been chosen to be a district-wide keynote speaker for our whole uh, school board uh, next month to present his life and his victory. And I celebrate with you, Jamie, uh, because he's going to come not with our language of, our, like our church language, he's going to come with language of life and give that away freely to our community and to parents. You have to know the language of the group that you're working with. And you can come and show up. And that's how we need Holy Spirit. We need wisdom to come full to give it away. Colossians 3.16 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. That's why we challenge our youth group all the time to stay in your word, read the word. It's not just a religious activity. It's an activity to know who God is so that when you talk, you can use his themes and principles and words when you're out in the community. There's a famous Bible verse that says something about the heart. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. So what comes out of your mouth? Oh, man. We were getting some wings yesterday at a certain location, and this one guy happened to have a lot of F-bombs coming out. 
I don't know the guy. He could be a great guy, but I know what's in his heart. What's in your heart? What comes out of your mouth around your kids, around your wife, around people, around workplaces? Is it kingdom stuff or is it of a, a lower kingdom? If it is, simply just come over here and say, Holy Spirit, I, I admit this area of my life is lacking. Would you come and fulfill that area of my life? Come and wash and renew me. Now, I can't pray that for you, but you can invite Holy Spirit to come and do it for you. Psalm 119.11 says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. So get the word in. Chew on the good bread daily. Make a choice to set aside scheduled time to learn from God and his word. 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. How many know it's hard to be really upset and having a bad day when you choose thankfulness? If you stop and just say three things that you're thankful for in the middle of your day, your attitude starts, starts tipping. Before you go into work, before you talk to your kids, tell God three things you're thankful for, and it starts changing your attitude back. Because the enemy wants to steal that, but we want to come with joy, like we talked about this morning. We want to come with thanksgiving, and you can be authentic and still tell people that you're having a challenging day, or you're having a bad day, or this went wrong. But it's not the whole story. The whole story is that whatever you're going through, God promises that if you commit it to him, that he will turn it around for good. Kevin, I think that's a word for you. Whatever you're going through, and it, it, as bad as it might be, God can turn that around. Our job is to trust. We know we can't do it in our own strength. But God, your Father, who loves you and created you in his image, can turn it around. That's good. It's not easy, but it's good. We pray, we read the word. And this morning, it's so funny, you ever wake up and a thought just pops in your head? I woke up this morning, and I felt this word just land, land on my heart. It said, teams complete people, or teams complete one another. And I've never said that sentence out loud, but I want to share this. Teams complete each other. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. It's so important right now that you build a team of people in your life. You need to choose, and you need to pray, and then look for people that you want to do life with. Look at people that, that are going after God, that want, you want to grow. Maybe some of them be mentors, some of them be friends, and say, God, I want that kind of stuff in my life. Today I'm going to make an intentional decision to call or text or set up a time to be with them or invite them into my life. God did not want you to do this alone. You're going to be fulfilled only with other people. If you think this is Lone Ranger Christian, like, I'm going to be the self-made man or woman. I'm going to do it with, you know, I, you know, I don't need the church anyways. I've got God. You know, that's a lie from hell. There's no way the hand can say to the body, I'm fine, if it gets severed. But the body can say to the hand, okay, see ya. Think about it. The body survives. The thing that gets cut off does not. You need us. I need you. We need each other. That's why you've chosen to come today. If you're online today, thank you for joining us. And many of you join us online, and then I've met you in person here. We need each other. 
We just have to be intentional to get in each other's lives. So who have you chosen? Uh, where are we at here? April? Since January. Have you just been kind of, well, I don't really care. I'm just floating through the year. We'll see how it goes. Or have you already made decisions to put specific people in your life? It's not too late. Today, write them down. Pray about it. I've done that. I, I, write little, I call them circles of intimacy, and I write them down on a piece of paper every January. Who's going to be the closest people in my life? And I always start, of course, with, with Jesus in the middle, and then my spouse, Katrina, second, and then my three children are next. Okay? Yes, Kate, you're in the circle. How many know if you don't start at home, you've kind of missed the whole point of the gospel? If you're so focused on work or ministry or doing something else outside your home and you forget your own family, you've missed the gospel. The gospel's for you and your house. So start at home. Pastor Kevin always says that. You've got to start at home. And how many know if it works at home, it'll work anywhere in the world? Because the home is the toughest place to test a principle. Start at home. So create your circles of intimacy or create a list of people that you're going to focus on. You're not expecting a lot from them, but you're willing to pour into their life. You're willing to call them up. You're willing to bless them. You're willing to talk to them, to share with them. So we need prayer. We need the word of God, and we need each other because God wants to fulfill things in your life. Not just fill you up to make you happy, but how many, doesn't it feel good when you're in the purposes of God and you know it? You're like, I was made for this. And you're just happy and you're just flying high because God wired you that way. God wants to bring us into purpose. God wants to make us whole. And that happens when we receive the Holy Spirit. And how many know it's not really that magical about receiving the Holy Spirit? You know, there's so many different ways it's happened. If you asked everyone in this room, Holy Spirit has done something unique in their life. Some of it, it was, you know, praying at the altar. Some of it, you're praying in your bedroom. Some of it, you're praying in your car. Some of it, it's a dream. God works in a lot of ways, but you just have to make yourself available. Are you available to be fulfilled? God wants to know, will you be the God of your own life, or will you let God take over and let him be the leader of your life? And that takes humility. That takes admitting that you don't have all the answers. And it's hard for me to do that. It's so fun to chase after those false affections until it's not fun and the cost is too high. So that's what I want to do today. I want to end in a time of prayer and a time of uh, the worship team, or at least Mike or one of the guitarists wants to come back. And I just want to give you a time to come to the altar and simply say, God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I receive you, and I'm ready to be fulfilled in your presence. It's a simple act of faith. But there's people here who want to believe with you. There's people here that want to see you get a breakthrough. Actually, um, Tom and Julie, can you guys come up here for a minute? Before church started, I felt it was important that these guys pray over you as well. And this is going to be a very specific prayer. Just slide this over a little bit. Come on up, guys. How many are looking, uh, need, need a financial breakthrough? Okay, see several hands. Tom and Julie, could you just pray for our church? 
we, we need a breakthrough. Some people need it very specifically. And you could you pray that they would line their lives up with God's life, his principles, and get that breakthrough that they're looking for? I just want to say, before I pray, Jolie and I are celebrating coming into our seventh year of being completely debt-free. And we stood for that. There was years before that where I was seeing it in the Bible and seeking him out for that purpose. To owe no man nothing except for to love him, as the word says. To start being a lender and no longer a borrower. I wanted, I wanted that for my life. I wanted to be so far into his word that if it didn't catch me, I had no other options. So I want to encourage you before I pray that every answer that you're looking for, relationally, financially, spiritually, you will find in the Word of God. If we are not people of the Word, then we have no firm foundation. We are weak. Out where we live, we get a lot of windstorms. And we had the ash borer beetle come in. There's a lot of ash out where we live. And those trees over the last four or five years were breaking in the wind. They would just break off and then you would see the trunks and they'd be rotten because the beetle was eating away at them. This year, the trees that fell, we had those violent winds over the Christmas holidays. The trees that fell, the whole root ball came out of the ground because the beetle got into the roots and they were eating the fine roots. And they didn't break this time. They came up with the whole root ball. I, I can't stress enough that your foundation, your roots need to be so embedded in the Word of God that you force circumstances to change because you have a word on it from the Word of God. Mark said earlier, out of the abundance of the house, the mouth, mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. When pressure comes, what's the first thing out of your mouth? Is it the Word? Or is it cursing or is it negativity or are you agreeing with the mountain when you're supposed to speak to the mountain? So let's pray. Father, may we always be foundational people. May we be so hungry for your word, Lord, that it truly becomes our reality in every situation, over every circumstance, over every situation, Lord. When we do that, a life, you replace that worry, that fear, that anxiety about the future. You replace all of that, Father, with thanksgiving and joy and peace and hope. And we are to be people of hope. Hope does not disappoint. And biblical hope is a high expectation of what the Word says coming to pass. It's the substance of things hoped for. That's what our faith is, the evidence of things not seen. We're supposed to be as Abraham was, who was like you, who called those things that be not as though they were. That even at 100 years old, he was so convinced that he was going to have a child and God's will was going to be, his word over his life was going to be performed, that he wouldn't let it go until it happened. Oh, Father, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's impossible for you to lie. You've even magnified your word above your name. We commit, Lord, to be fully engaged with your word that the reality of the word is bigger in our lives than anything that comes against us and we walk in peace and joy and we attract people to us father because we have your favor your hope your expectation on our life every day we leave our house lord we're blessed coming in blessed going out blessed in the city blessed in the field father 
And that we can say as Paul said in Romans 8. Just, we can just give our praise to you and say, how will he not also, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? And I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor principalities or powers, nor things present or past, that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus. It was Jesus' words that told us that the enemy steal, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. But forget what I just said. I have come that you might have life and have it in abundance. And the Amplified Version says until it overflows. I refuse to not leave behind an overflowing abundant life in this life because the word promises it to me. Always also promises that the enemy's been defeated on my behalf. On my behalf, we just celebrated Easter. That's what he did. Three days in hell and torment for me so that I could have that victorious, abundant life. The wealth of the wicked is supposed to be coming into our hands. Are we prepared for that? I challenge you today to stick with the word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom and Jolie. So you've realized there's an area in your life that you would rather exchange that false affection and you'd rather pick up and be made whole and fulfilled in purpose in all the thing, good things that God has for you. If you're ready for that next step of becoming and putting your purpose to work for God, to enjoy him. And we sang a lot of songs about it. There's songs of waiting. There's songs of saying, I'm sorry, I made this agenda. It's, it, I made other things. But you're ready for the God story. You're ready for more. Today, as we close, I'm going to invite you to come forward. Let's stand together. God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that we have hope and that the Bible verse says, won't he give us all things? And all things is a big promise God so I thank you for all good things for our church family for those joining us online Holy Spirit I pray you would draw us and teach us how to be fulfilled in you and not in the lust of our flesh or our eyes or the pride of life but we would find our satisfaction in our personal relationship and encounters with you and the other people that you put in our lives in Jesus name